Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Dude, when I think what it's like to swim 2.6 miles, to bike 113 miles, and to run 26.2 miles, individually they each make me want to puke. Collectively, they make me want to smash my skull in with a baseball bat. But to do it 50 times in 50 states in 50 days, I want to detonate. (laughs) How does that make you feel, Marcus? What, to detonate? I I want to explode. Because just wrapping my mind around that paint, the pain in your feet, the how, imagine, just imagine the wear on your underarms from wetsuits. Just imagine that. How does that make you feel, Marcus? We were talking about that. Remember that, I mean, that's that race in itself, man. If you've never witnessed it go down in person or seen it and watched it, man, it, it, is, it is brutal. And when you were talking about 50, 50, and 50, most people think about the racist part, man. I was kind of like, man, remember because we, we travel so much to get from place. Man, that's what the, that's what gets you. And oh. the, the in betweens, right? That's about hard. This dude's gonna be hard, man. I'm I'm interested in hearing hearing this. I, that's I, I. I mean, you you look at his story. Like I go and watch the videos about the dude, and he talks about it like so nonchalant, right? I just got this pretty little video with the right? cool catchy music. It's well edited. Yeah, like I, I want, I, I can't wait to hear him talk about the blood. Makes you want to go do it. And the yeah, sweat. right. The video should show how miserable it is. Right? Fucking liars. <laughs> That's what it is. They're a bunch you of liars. How miserable this race is. Show how miserable it is on that video. Well, and you know, you know who we have to thank for that misery that exists out out in the world today. Do you know who's to thank for the misery, the misery of the triathlon? Who invented? Marcus, do you know? Who invented the Iron Man? Do you know? Team guy, right? It was team guy, right? Yeah, frog man. Absolutely. There is no doubt in my military mind that a Navy SEAL. How do you know? So there are a bunch of dudes. If you go to Ironman.com, there's stories about it and how it was invented. And it was basically, 
It was a bunch of team guys got together with some civilian runners that they run with, and they caught it. They started the first Super Frog, I think was the first technical name for it. And they said, "Hey, let's put all the hardest things together." And they started doing it. And it was like it was like ten dudes or something. That one guy, what was his name? Dan. Dan Hendrickson or whatever. Hold on, let me. It was uh, Dan Hendrickson, right? And uh, this other guy, Collins, who was a non-seal. But, yeah, they in Southern Cal, man, they started putting it together, and it just grew and grew and grew to where it's become now. If you've never done a, a grueling race, right, if you've never pushed your body for 12, 15 hours, whatever it might be, I highly recommend it. Because it's that true test where you have to get inside your head, stay focused on what you're doing, and finish the race. But if you have and you've done a marathon or you've done a mm-hmm. big swim or you've done a huge bike, you 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 get it. You'll you'll really relate to the show. But what and and obviously from our experience in in Hell Week or or in the teams or doing big ops that lasted days and days, we understand. But this this is a whole nother level, dude. Oh, absolutely. This guy's got, I mean, he's Superman. I mean, this is a freak show. I, I don't mean freak show, but I mean. Yeah, man, that's freak show, right? That's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I love freak show. What? He'll say it. That's hardcore, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh. That's I, that's definitely freaking nature type stuff. But Before we get into that, I just want to give a, a quick shout out and a quick heads up to everybody because we have coming back at you, at our fans, at our the people that just simply love the Patriot Tour. Mm-hmm. We have two nights, two night only, this fall, October 19th and 20th. Where are those shows going to be, buddy? New York and Philly. Holy cow. I know. And, Holy and I, cow. It, man, it, it's, it's with great pride that I, I say back by popular demand. Oh, man. Chomping at the bit. And the cool thing is, on New York, October 19th, it'll be at the Town Hall Theater on Phil- in Philadelphia on the 20th, Miriam Theater at the Kimmel Center. If you want to buy tickets, please go to patriottour.com for tickets. You can get VIP tickets to, to meet all the speakers. And the speakers are Marcus, Taya Kyle, Chad Fleving, and David Goggins. Now, are you fired up to do this one more time, buddy? Oh yeah, I know absolutely. We've been on a break. We've been on a little bit of a break, man. We we went real hard in the paint last year, and uh, I, I said, as a matter of fact, because the kids are back in school, and that's kind of the life. I'm, I said, I, if we get New York and Philly, if we if those ever come across our bow, so to speak, I was like, I'll, I'll step back in the breach and I'll call the team up, and they I, they did, and they got it. Yeah, we got it. So that's great. So don't miss these shows. If you're in the area or on the East Coast, I don't care where you are. This is a phenomenal opportunity to see the Patriot Two, perhaps one last time to go see Marcus Luttrell, Taya Kyle, Chad Fleming, David Goggins, New York City, October 19th, and Philadelphia, October 20th. All right. So one of the interesting things that when I think like, we, you know, we had Dan Carnassus on and, and the guy, you know, 50 marathons, 50 states, 50 days. And he did it again, 50, 50, 51. And now his concept, he wants to run a marathon in every country around the world. Or you think about David mm-hmm. and what David's done. Goggins. You know, Goggins. even Diana Nyad. I mean, her swim was how many hours was it? It was. Hundred some odd hours or something. That is, man, yeah. 
So I mean, Dean was, I mean, just 50 marathons, just, right? Just 50 marathons, 50 states. <laughs> and he even said, I mean, I, that how hard that would be, but to throw two other events on top of it. You're, you're, you're covering all the bases. Yeah, that's in and out right there. It's in and out. <laughs> well, I like how you brought that. Uh, Dean Carnassus and the interesting parallels between sort of, you know, Dean came from this background in a corporate world, kind of became disillusioned with that, discovered almost in this haphazard nature that he loved to run, went back into it became a whole avenue in his life, super, super successful. There's some parallel with, J- with James Lawrence here, right? Because I believe he came from the corporate world, sort of fell in love with this, and developed it yeah, into yeah, yeah. his passion. That And one of the means that he did that, I mean, he's got more than the 50-50-50. Yeah, would you that, give us a little breakdown of what you got on him? Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, let's just start with once, you know, he, he gets into the Iron Man world, and the first really notable thing uh, that he does is 2011, he sets a record for the most half Ironman distance triathlons in one year. He did wow. 22 of those. <laughs> 2012, yeah. he sets a, another world record for the most Ironman distance triathlons complete. This is full distance completed within a single year. 30 of those. 30. <laughs> 30. And then he decides to go big in 2015, and that's when he does the 50-50-50. So he's got a, a consistent record of insanity. <laughs> consistent record of awesomeness. Thread awesomeness. No. What's the common thread? I, I can't. I wonder what he's got next. Goggins, I mean, man, just like Goggins, man. You know how he says, I, I can push pain. until I, yeah, take it as far as I can. I want to see how far I can go. I don't, know, Before, I don't know if it's just like Goggins because I don't believe there's enough space in this world for more than one Goggins. No, I, I said agree. like. I said like. like yeah, man, like there's a is, singularity. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm interested. <laughs> is a singularity. I, I can't wait to see whether or not James is, his quest is relative to David's, you know, or some of the other, you know, athletes yeah, we've had on, or sure. right? Is it a For derivative sure. of of what enlightenment? Right? Is it pain? Is it fear? Is it what is the driver behind this desire to push the limits to the absolute? E- I guarantee you, a guy, you can't you can't conceptualize how hard that's going to be. You just can't wrap your mind around it. There is no starting point of that pain. I'll tell you when I walked into buds, like I, and you know, and we didn't have nearly as much as they have out there. Now they got a lot of info, but I walked in and, and I was so far off, bro. <laughs> dude, I was like, dude, I'm a division one athlete. I'm, I'm, I played sports. ball. I'm like, I got this dude. My first soft sand conditioning run in PTRR in class two zero five. Oh, dude. it was terrible. Soft sand I, I, was PTRR, like, I remember that, dude. I was like, oh, dude. Oh. Mm. I was like, there's no way. This can't keep up. You can't do this for seven months. I remember I was like, I'm so excited to hit the surf for the first time. Then you hit it, and then <laughs> like, like, all right, all right. You know, and then you start more, running about fifty times. Yeah, oh, you're bleeding down. Oh. It's not fun anymore. First day is horrible. Not fun. Horrible. And then, so this guy is staring and my, he does 30, 30 fulls in a year. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to do 50, 50, 50. I think this is one of those things that your appreciation for it increases in comparison with your level of experience to it. Towards pain. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Oh, the further you see how you can go, the further you want to see how you can go, right? Well, no, I'm, well, no, I, what I'm saying is the more you understand what it's like to do a similar, we're talking about these Ironmans, right? Yeah. 
Well, a person who's done an Iron Man is is going to be able to realize how insane. Oh, these, Jack, yeah, Roger, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know these accomplishments are as compared to someone who is well not or done something less. Right. A five k running a five k. I ran a color run, turd. And they bring that one up because they feel it's somehow relevant. No, no, no. I ran one. That's the only reason why I bought that. Dude, I, 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 you know what? I, I think we got to get it from the mouth of the man because only he can create a reference around this. So, what do you think, gents? Let's get the Iron Cowboy on the show. Yeah, let's hear from him. Marcus, I'm telling you, listen, I know you hate running. Mm -hmm. I know I hate swimming. Mm -hmm. But what the beautiful thing about (laughs) this this interview today and what's happening is that he understands pain, man. And I know you understand pain better than most other people on the planet. And I know I know a smidgen of pain from my background, especially what I went through this past year. But I'm telling you, brother, this guy has a PhD in pain. And so to be able to bring him on to share with our listeners who who we love and we love you dearly, listeners, because it's because of you why we do this, to bring him on and to get into why someone would be so psychotic to do what he did is freaking epic. Epic. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. He, he survives in the same world that we do, that chaos and pain and thrives in it. So I'm. Have I, uh, you seen his Instagram feed? Yeah. Like 90% of his facial pictures lurk like he's going to chew someone's face off. That's what I love about him, dude. So let, let's stop beating around a bush and get him on the show. Bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Brother, how are you? I I am awesome. I've been on a lot of podcasts, and that was by far the best intro. I don't know if I'm going to be able to match what you just did the rest of this call. So that, so thanks for setting that bar. Oh, you'll, bro, you'll be surprised, I, brother. We're going to drag it out. Why? Dude, we, we just got to keep going higher and higher. This is a I, no bullshit podcast, brother. It's about to get I, Western. I, I just, I just came off of a three hour, three hour, uh, mountain climb ride this morning. And so, Oh, thanks a lot. A, that I, makes me feel horrible, by the way, because I like I'm bu- I'm bummed out. I don't have an espresso this morning, dude. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to up my energy level for you guys just based on that intro. Nice, I love it. All right, James, as a man of a uh, true athlete in the world and a true athlete, a uh, 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 a consumer of pain and a person that likes to push yourself, you understand though how important it is to warm up. Right, Marcus? Yep. To to loosen up our gray matter, to massage it, to stretch it, to pull apart the synapses and slam them back into each other. Oh, right? Like, yes. So, so what we warm do... Warm up is everything. Warm up is everything. And we don't want to pull anything, break it. We might want to break something later. But we, we what we want to do is get your brain. My brain definitely needs to warm up. Marcus is always on fire. The, the wizard, he's he's a freak savant genius, so his, he's good. But I need it. So what we do, we do something called the Mad Minute, brother. And the Mad Minute is a free-for-all question about uh, dynamic answers that really set the bar of who you are, the depths of who the Iron Cowboy are uh, is. Okay. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. 
Marcus, fire away. All right, brother. Favorite superhero? <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, there Do it you is. see it behind him? Can so you s- I see it. You know what it is, dude? In one of your videos, I dude, saw the Spider-Man beanie that you were wearing, and I told I the- Spider-Man wh- tattoo on my back. Oh, bro. Where's your Spider-Man Whoa. tattoo? Underneath the trident. There's different levels of commitment. <laughs> bro, that was a great answer. That was quick, right? Oh. Say it. You, there's different Jesus. levels of what? Commitment. There are. There really are. Go ahead, wizard. Fire away. All right. If you were forced to tattoo something on your forehead, but were given <laughs> the complete liberty to choose, what would it be? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> on my forehead. And it can't be uh, removed. A, a, a unicorn. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, have you ever. Well, you, you just hit the two power animals. Dude. Bro. Marcus with Spider-Man. Oh, bro. So have you, ever seen, have you ever seen the bitmojis out there where you make your own kind of lookalike? Well, there's one where there's a farting. The birthday one. Yeah, there's a farting flying unicorn with your face it's my, in it. It's my favorite one. Bro, I love you, dude. All right, brother. What's your oldest memory? My oldest That's memory. Heavy. Um, I think I've lost all the memory since the 50s, so... Uh, <laughs> Oldest, oldest memory. Uh, I was like eight years old. I'm on an airplane going to Disneyland. Oh, very cool. You were just in Disneyland. Yeah. All D- right. Disneyland's a Disneyland's a racket. Oh, bro. Come on. Don't tell my daughters uh-huh. that. I've got. I mean, you got five I've, I've kids. Got, I've got four daughters, and it's still a racket. That's why it's a racket. And do you have every princess at the house? I've. I've. Yes. Okay. Here you go. Here's my next question. If you <laughs> if you at, were on an island, if you were on an island by yourself with a, a, a DVD player for the rest of your life, what would be, and you only could watch one Disney princess movie, what would it be? Um, the Little Mermaid. She's Dude, hot. Dude, she is pretty hot. And she's aquatic. Ariel, and guess right? who her dad is? Yeah. Neptune. Well, if I'm on an island, I need her to go get fish and stuff, so... Oh, you took it mm. literally like she's with you. I like where your head's at, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, wizard, fire away. All right. You've, uh, I'm sure, made a lot of small mistakes either in training or, or in one of your races, something like that. What really stands out is, man, that was stupid. Because I think we've all done something, plenty of those before. No, I don't, I don't make mistakes. Bold. Okay. Bold. You said it. Bold. Everything is calculated. I love it. I love it. All right. If you could pick, be a superstar athlete in another sport, what would it be? What sport or which person? What sport? Golf. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I dig it. I hate golf. Why? Why golf? Low, low, low Mm -hmm. impact. Mm -hmm. Scenery is uh, always careers, good. The weather, money. Yeah. I'm a superstar. I'm at the top of the game. Yeah, golf. Absolutely. That's a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. All right. James, thank you so much, brother, for the mad minute. Hopefully you're... you're the, mad you're, eight, <laughs> the mad eight minutes. Well, it was literally 848. I love it. All right. So here what we got to do is the reason why you're on is because of, of who you are and what you've done with your life, which is exceptional, brother. And 
Well, again, we're so grateful and honored that you could be on with us. I mean, as you can imagine, coming from the world we all come from, we can appreciate pushing yourself to the absolute limit. But why you're here is for our listeners. I mean, the people that are out there that you talk to in your videos, that you talk to in your travels around the world. I mean, the people that want to understand what those triggers are in you that make you want to endure what you endure in order to inspire, in order to save that one life, to make that change in a person. Man, so if you could, please, without further ado, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories, brother? Um, yeah, f- for me, uh, I've, got, I've got two of them. One was um, I rode a Ferris wheel for 10 days. Um, <laughs> That's true. Which, 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 which completely changed the direction of my life. And so it wasn't the hardest thing that I did, um, but it was definitely a never quit scenario that, that took my life in a different direction. And then the other would be 50 consecutive Ironmans, um, 50 days in all 50 states. That was another event that... Um, altered and changed the course of the of my life can can we start with the obviously there's a huge backstory to the ferris wheel and i i i i loathe getting on it just one time so can you tell us what led up to that how what got you on it was it a bet a dare and then what organization would let you stay on it for 10 days? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm originally from <clears throat> Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and there's what's called the Calgary Stampede. And it's the largest rodeo stop or one of the largest rodeo stops in the world. And the city shuts down for 10 days. And the radio, uh, con- uh, radio show there was holding a contest to see who could ride the Ferris wheel for the length and duration of of the stampede and they were giving away a big prize purse for it. And so, um, I got fired from my job for going on the ride. So I had a little bit of motivation, ended up doing, uh, the full 10 days on the, on the Ferris wheel. Once some money hitchhiked a ride to visit my one friend in Utah and then met my wife and have never been home. Wow. Holy cow. All right. Th- that's a pretty insane story in terms of the spontaneity and the, changing direction in your life had is that how you grew up were you that kind of person always or do you believe it was just circumstance and luck that this opportunity presented itself um yeah i don't know if circumstance or luck is the right word or even destiny but i i believe it's the just the flow if you're open to life and and opportunities and you allow that uh, I mean, the reason I think people get caught up or, or stuck in life is because they're too rigid. They're not willing to sure. do right. uh, adventures or different opportunities that they may not see as opportunities at the time. Um, it's, but I look back, and that was just kind of a flippant thing that I did that presented itself that made sense. But it completely changed the direction of where I was going and what I was doing. Who knows what I'd be doing if I even ended up in Utah had I not gone on the Ferris wheel? Uh, I, who knows? I mean, you can't. It, it's and you really don't even have to think about it. That's the beauty of it. And one of the things, though, I want to tap into, and you mentioned this, the flow and the people. We like to talk about that a lot. There's a brilliant guy at University of Pennsylvania. His name's Martin Seligman. He talks about the flow state within positive psychology and that space that you connect with the greater energy around you, both cognitively, emotionally, behaviorally. 
were were you cognizant of that flow state at that time or was it by getting off and just the hitchhiking were did you realize that the adventure of life was waiting for you and and if so who taught you that that that's how to live yeah i a firefighter and my mom is a dreamer um and i i fall more into the the dreamer category but oh you know watching him work hard and it's taken me a while to develop that but i i believe i have a good combination now of the two where i've combined the the dreamer side of things and the work hard side of things um to put me where i was but i'm i'm also a person that is very uh present in the moment and so to look I'm both. I'm very present, but I'm big picture too. But in in that moment coming off the Ferris wheel, I wasn't looking at, oh, this is changing the course of my life. It was just today. This is what I'm doing, and that's the next. That's the next adventure or the next piece of it or or whatever. I was just allowing it to do the course that it was taking. Very cool, man. I mean, we talk about that. Sure. Well, I was wondering about the isolate. Ten days up on the Ferris wheel. That's, that's isolation's time to think, right in your own head. Is that when all that spawned up to to, to go in that direction? Well, you know, again, while you're on there, I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking super long term. I'm just just being present. But what's great about doing something like that, or even the long bike rides that we do, or the Ironman racing, um, it's just a really good opportunity to I call them long conversations with yourself. Nice. And and I think a lot of people don't take the time to have those conversations with themselves. So maybe because they're scared of what the answer is going to be, scared of the honesty or the, you know, openness with yourself in those moments. But I. I I I take that time from the Ferris wheel and then all of, I mean today three hours of, of biking in the mountains by myself that's just great time to reflect and and see you know check the boxes and and see what's going right see what's going wrong yeah that's 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 what I was thinking and you you kind of nailed it with that and what's going on is 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 your perception is, is the same as ours but how you implement it is just different so you had the Ferris wheel the long runs man we have all that time underwater oh yeah you just kind of in your head thinking about what you are and, and the, the purpose of, of what all this is, really, especially if you do it for a long time. And I heard you say that uh, the, the dream part, I, I say that same thing, too, man. There's, there's two kinds of people, I think. There's the reality workers, right? They go in doctors, lawyers, accountants. And I'm not saying that they're not following their dream. I'm just saying it's kind of that path is laid out. You know where you need to go to get to the end objective. And then there's guys like us, right? You think of this thing in your head of, of what you want to be and how you want to do it, man. And you have, you just take the first step in the direction and start going. And it's those little steps the entire way that make it the great part. And hell, if you can make a living off of it, that's even better because it's, it's not work. You're excited to get up and go do something that you enjoy. It's awesome. Hmm. Uh, you know, before we jump into, you know, obviously the, the 50 triathlons, 50 state, 50 days, I want to just pause one second and get your opinion and your thoughts on, because the grand majority of people out, like you said, are not having these quality, positive conversations with them. And I know you're a big positivity guy. When the general public, actually the majority, I would say, of public has a profound amount of negative speak that's actually, you know, battling them in their brains. What are some concepts that you suggest to people to quiet that negativity and flip it into more positive dialogue for themselves for the bigger picture, James? Yeah, it's it's hard to do because I mean, even even for me, who's uh, I consider myself to be, like you said, a real positive person, and that 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 
negative talk is is always there. It's I think it's the natural man that's trying to trying to hold us down, and we're we are our own worst critics. Um, and and I think it's a, a blessing and a curse because although we're own worst critic, if we can turn that into a, a competition with ourselves or or something that drives us. Um, you, it's a conscious choice. You have to flip that switch. It's not. I mean, it's something that we all struggle with, and we all deal with it on different levels. But it's just you, you have to consciously make a decision and and bring in the positivity. Shut down that other guy. It's like the the angel on one shoulder and and the the devil on the other. I mean, that that's going to be a constant throughout our lives. Um, and the better we get at creating habits of the positive things and, and grinding and working, the less and less he, he, power you're going to give give the devil on your shoulder. So have you always been like that, James? Or was there a transition point where you learned that and really started incorporating it? You know, we're, we're all brought into this world with certain predispositions. Um, but for the most part, everything is is learned in a skill set uh, you know, and so I, I intentionally put myself in difficult situations to where I can learn and grow and, and shut that demon up. You know, you're not just going to wake up and be a mental giant in one day, you know. And, and it's just just like your cardiovascular system, your muscular system, the mental side of thing, I mean, people just overlook it and they, they're like, oh, I, I wasn't born with it. Well, you know, it, it's a skill set that I've had to develop over decades mm. um, to be able to even put myself in a position where I can attack these these mental feats that I do. Well, well, let's talk about then that development of those skill sets. So you get to uh, Utah, you meet your wife, who I'm sure is a profound influence. I mean, you, your family looks like you got a wonderful family life, dedicated father and husband. And um, when was that point where the introduction of the next challenge where triathlons or marathons or whatever process happened and can you walk us through uh, a little bit of that part that led to the 50 50 50 i wrestled growing up so i wrestled for a long time in canada and then you know you you kind of you, you get out of school and wrestling's not really an option anymore um and so i i gravitated towards golf i some somehow i gravitate to individual sports wrestling golf and then triathlon but golf was I just I just really gravitated towards it. I loved the challenge. It was a real difficult sport, um, and and that's kind of what drew drew me to Utah too. It, it had a much better season than where I grew up in Canada, <laughs> and uh, and I was I was pursuing kind of a golf career, um, and you know I worked at worked at a course and played as much as I could. Um, I missed my player ability test by one stroke. Oh wow! Um, and so I, I was pretty I was pretty proficient, but then I started having kids and. You know, you you get into normal life, and when you're struggling to make it as you know as a golf professional, then then you you gotta maybe got to go look at the corporate America and and start getting what I call a real job, which sucks. And uh, <laughs> amen to that, dude. I, I've, I've so sucked at so many; it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so you know, I got into the mortgage industry, and and I started my own brokerage, and and was was doing great. And then in 2008, when the economy completely Boom. tanked, put me in the category of people that got kicked in the junk and we lost everything. Oh man! Um, and, and it was an opportunity, you know, for me to look back and go, you know what, working for the man does, doesn't doesn't jive with me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna re recreate what I what I'm doing. And 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 by this point, I've I've transitioned out of you know I still love golf, but I've transitioned out of golf as a hobby and and got into cycling and running. 
um, and just really, really gravitated towards the cycling portion of it. And then uh, once once we lost everything in 2008 through 10, really, then um, then I was like, you know what? I think I can I think I can rebrand myself and and make a go at this. And in, in over the past decade, I've somehow managed to to create a niche, and I'm one of the top five followed triathletes in the world, which is which is crazy to think. That's awesome to think about, brother. <laughs> I mean, to go, I <laughs> mm-hmm. mean, I, what's crazy is just in, you know, this dialogue, you, you shared another huge never quit story. I mean, reinventing yourself is one of the greatest challenges people face all the time and people crash and burn consistently. I mean, in our world, you know, you do 20 years in the SEAL teams or in the military or you in a firefighter or police, and all of a sudden that's over. Trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do next is crazy. We see it all the time, don't we? Sure. Even if you're anticipating it. I mean, if you've planned everything out and you're living and it's time for the transition, you still have the apprehensive about jumping into the void. And then there's the people who are, everything's going along just like it's supposed to, and then everything crashes. And that's just the world telling you, man, it's time to make that shift because maybe you didn't have it inside of you to jump off. So guess what? We're just going to take it away from you. Dude, I and, love that thought. It's on think, a bigger plane, Yeah, man. if you think about it like that, instead of, man, I lost my job. I don't, I mean, there's... Oh, dude, oh, the, the, the economy tanking was the best thing that could have happened it happened to us because I was a miserable turd in the mortgage industry. I mean, it's it's the most thankless job on the planet. Like you could give someone the best deal and and make no money on it, and they they still think you're taking them for a ride. Um, somehow it's the squirreliest business out there. But but I mean, it was the greatest thing that happened to us because I, I was miserable and I hated it and. And uh, really, I wasn't I wasn't living my you know the way that I like to live. Your purpose. And uh, and you know even when we first started this, I knew I knew the kind of the journey that I wanted to go on, and I knew what the end product looked like as far as a, a brand and and me making money doing this kind of stuff. I had no idea the the fifty was there, but it goes back to to what we talked about about kind of having the big goal and the big dream, and then and the belief and the conviction in it, and then just working your ass off and being flexible to how it's going to get you to that point, and really ne- never quitting. I mean, the journey that we were on. I can't tell you how many gazillion times we were told it was a, it was impossible, especially when we announced the fifty. I mean, what we'd done up to that point was was outside the box, but the the fifty 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 really. I mean, we were we were ridiculed and made fun of just for making the announcement, um, and so it just mm. you know. But I was on I was on a path, I was on a journey, and it it made sense in my mind based on the the seat that I was sitting on the bus and the journey that I was on. Did did Dean Carnassus inspire you? His effort in fifty 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 at all was that a spark for you? We had Dean on and and him talking about you know very similar to you being in the marketing world, getting drunk one night, mm-hmm. running down, and then that was the spark, and then it just blew up into this. Next thing you know, he's running fifty marathons, fifty states, fifty days, and t- can take us through that. Yeah. So what, what's interesting is is that that whole thought process. So I had just come off doing the world record thirty Ironmans in a year. Um, I, I'd made a, a small name for myself. My coaching business was doing great, um, and I was supporting myself with in in this world come being a triathlete. And and so I thought, you know, this is. I came off the thirty Ironmans. Um, kind of kind of empty and I was like I know there's more but I just wasn't sure what it was and and I just kept thinking man Dean has had an amazing career and a run at doing 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states 
what if I did an Iron Man in 50 Days in 50 States? That's got to blow people's minds. It blows because, my mind. Because, because, because as, as a joke, Iron Man, and it's a dick thing to say, but Iron Man people, we go, oh, you've done a marathon. That's cute. Because, because that's, Dean, that's the end you. part of our run. And so I'm like, huh. man, if Dean – if Dean has had a decade-long run by doing a marathon a day, what would happen if I did an Ironman a day through all 50 states? And then that's when that's when I started to get excited and started to conceptualize it. And it took me two years to do it. And I actually had a conversation with Dean afterwards, um, after I had accomplished it. And, and he was just like, he, he could not comprehend what I did. And, and he was like, dude, we had a massive budget. $3 million budget, Dean oh. did, and I had $0. What? We completely, we completely bootstrapped it. The reason we had no money is because 50 Ironmans in 50 days was such a big goal. Sponsors wouldn't come on board because they, they didn't want to associate themselves with a failure. They knew we were going mm. to fail, and so they couldn't put their name on it. Nobody backed us. Very few people backed us with anything. And so we had to bootstrap the whole thing because we were the only ones that believed we could do it. And so we had zero, zero budget going into it. When, awesome. when, well, I, I just – let me – I mean, my mind – Damn, I wish you called us. <laughs> I believe it. Dude, <laughs> yeah, if you ever need a little positive, like we'll get on the phone and be like, go, bro, we got nah, you. Yeah. Let's, let's, dude, let's do it so, again. So you know, like, I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. hey, bro, we're doing it again. All right, you hate check it running, out. dude. You could, uh, yeah, man. All right. So when you, when you talk about it, what I love the most, James, is you talk about this we – I mean, there, there is no, there is no space in your mind and, and you're the one that had to, you know, feel that the, the madness of that. And I want to talk about it in a second, but can you describe the, we and the buildup? Because I guarantee there had to have been one or two, maybe times, even with you, you're like, I'm out of my mind. This, I, there's no way. Uh, one, there was, there was never a moment I'm out of my mind. There's no way because, and I talk about this from stage, you have to have 100, 200, 300% conviction or it's not even going to come. And so people are like, did you want to quit along the way? And I was like, no, that was never an option. The, the panic button was never in front of me. Now, yes, there was moments where I was like, I need a minute. Like, just <laughs> give me a minute to, to be a baby for just a minute, but then I'm going to keep going again. So there right? was, it was oh, never man, like, let me, cry. let me cry right now. I'm going to cry. I'm going to ball. It's going to be disgusting, but then we're going to keep going. It, I never had to be talked back in to awesome. doing it. And, and, and the, we, I mean, and, and that's what, see, so, the, so that's when I think, that's what I think people need to experience and learn how to do. So, so like a prisoner of war or a war scenario, they have to survive. Amen. They can push beyond what is humanly thinkable because they're in a true survival situation. Now, and, and I have so much respect for, for anybody that's been in those situations, and I'm not comparing what I did to what they go through. But, but I think that the true, um, you know, never quit is when you have that option. When I could have walked away 31, 32, 40, 41 at any time, but it was to, to do what you say you're going to do when you have an out and then still do it. That's sick, man. That's sick. Uh, like, 
to, to realize that the, the panic and escape button is right there in front of you and just I, I, don't, I don't see it. It's invisible to me. It doesn't exist. And then, and then the we, obviously, uh, the, we, the first we is me and my wife. Nothing gets done without her support. She literally saved the 50. Um, and the, the documentary breaks it down and the book breaks it down. And really, once you get into the nuts and bolts of it, you'll understand that Sonny truly saved this journey because I, I got to the point where I was unconsciously conscious doing these and, and I was I was no longer uh, capable of making intelligent decisions. Um, and she had to step in and so many different things happened out there. And then the other two cats that were along this whole thing is, is we call them the wingmen, is Casey and Aaron. And it, it, these these two guys, I, I mean, I, I tell you, they, they're unbelievable in the sacrifice and never quit. I mean, for perfect example is on day number three. So in order to pull the 50 off, you have to start in Hawaii, you go to Alaska, and then you go to Washington to do the lower 48. Well, these two guys weren't with us in Alaska and uh, Hawaiian Alaska. They met us with the motorhome and all the rest of the supplies in Washington. Well, they're super excited. They get out on day one. They got my bike ready. They do this. They, bu- they, they bike a portion of it with me. They run a portion of it with me. And then we finish the Ironman, and they go, oh, shit we have to drive the vehicles to the next state. <laughs> and so so they they instantly realized, and so did we as a crew, that we were so understaffed and undermanned. Mm. These guys' jobs was to and make sure that I was moving and functioning all day and then also drive us through the night so that we could get to the next state. And that's not an easy dri- driving. I mean, in mm. the middle of the night when you're exhausted, mm. that's seven weeks, guys, seven weeks of not having a day and a night and getting 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes at any given point in the day. Seven weeks. You talk about never mm. quitting and going all in for your team and, and sacrificing. That's why it's a we. There's no way this gets done without those guys. Dude, that is epic, man. That, I'm telling you, we... James, we talk about that all the time. We talk about when you're in combat and you haven't slept for five days and, you know, and just the, the stuff that we've gone through and knowing the guy to your right, the guy to your left, they're not going to quit. They're not going to give up because their faith in you, Marcus. I mean, you've been in the worst of it, bro. What's that feel like for you? Just what... What he says, it's the nev- it's not in your head that you want to quit, but you had that moment. And when he was talking about his, I'll never, it was Thursday of Hell Week. We'd come out of med check. You drive for the first time. Yeah. Fixed it around the world. Yeah. And I came around the corner there after the drying cages, and one of the instructors was standing there with the hose. He's like, Oh, the trail, I was waiting on you. Come over here. Made me lean over and while well, he sprayed me with the hose. And I was like, you know, and I was just so mad. And then one of, one of my buddies comes around the corner. He's like, the trail isn't this great. This shit's almost over. Come on. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, man. Right? Like, that little dose, little that bitty, little I mean, spark. And that's what the, that's when people ask what the concept of the team or the friendship is, it's not the, what everyone sees, right? It's the, it's that little moment. And I talk about this all the time. The reason I have the friends I have is because they cover down, they have a strength that I have, that I have as a weakness. And it doesn't have to be a physical thing, man. I mean, it's just like that. Yeah, they brother. can laugh in a situation where I'm not laughing. And man, it just drives you and propels you in a way that when the misery's on and you just kind of look over a little bit and like, and he's and whoever it is just kind of standing there in that moment going, man, this is good stuff. And it, and it reminds you like, sure is. 
I, this is what I wanted. This is what you signed up for. I love that, dude. James. Well, it, it, it's it's ama- it's amazing, too. I mean, that's what these two guys were. And, and they were exhausted. And it's not like they were pissing and moaning the whole time. I, ha- I, do a, I, I, I present around the world. Um, and in my presentation, I kind of describe guys were exhausted and working hard and, and have every reason to be grumpy. And then I bring on a, a, a video clip where we're in Montana on day 48 and it starts in zoomed in and it's Aaron in a kayak paddling. And then as it zooms out, they strap the kayak to the top of the car and they're throwing water on him as we're going down the road and they're, they're driving, they're driving by me as I'm biking through Montana and Aaron is, he's got his arrow helmet on and he's giving her hell um, just on the, in the middle of Montana on day 48. That's awesome. I've got pictures of these guys with coconut bras and skirt shirts. I've got them with uh, the Wisconsin badger in, I mean, they lived in speedos and paint and they were just, I mean, these two guys as exhausted they were, man, people would have, people would have had no, no idea how exhausted and tired and what those two guys went through for the team and to bring up everybody's spirits despite the hard work that they had to give. Well, that's that's what bring, the exhaustion helps bring that on. Those great little sure. hey, let's get in, let's get the kayak on that damn top of the car. <laughs> those great ideas. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Dude, it was, like, it was always it. Casey's dumb ideas, and Aaron was just like, "Hell yeah, that's uh, the best idea I've heard today." Hey, why did we think of that in the beginning? <laughs> all right, all right, so. Obviously, you know, we are the product, right? Our path and our purpose is a product of how people support us and believe in us. And obviously that in terms of how everybody else seemed to kind of stay away from your probable failure and, you know, just having them. But at, at the end of the day, it's you have to climb back in that water. You have to get back on the bike you have to finish with that marathon over and over and over again can you take us through kind of a narrative on some some high points and low points that you figure will really benefit our listeners throughout that that experience yeah you know um i I think what people do is they they quit too early um, and, and I love the saying, if you're, if you're, if you're tired of starting over, quit giving up. I love it. And, uh, and the reality is, is there was, there were so many opportunities uh, or reasons for us to, to, to quit or give up. And, and a, just a couple quick ones. I mean, day number one in Hawaii, we get pulled over by the cops in the middle of the night, told we told we had to stop. We couldn't be on that road. Um, and that would have been the perfect excuse to not do 49 more Ironmans. You know, right. and uh, it would have been, a, you know, we got to go back to the planning board. We got to no, we 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 instantly realized that this was going to take being solvers, and and every every question had an answer and every problem had a solution, and we just had to figure those out. And that's what the team got really good at was always throwing out suggestions to problems until we came up with the answer. And it was there was a never quit until we came up with the answer to keep the caravan moving. You know, and, and one of the best examples that I can come up with of, of not quitting and it, it be getting really real, um, day 18, we're 18 consecutive Ironmans into this. Um, it's 106 degrees in Tennessee. Um, I was so exhausted, I could, I could literally fall asleep in three seconds. And so when you lose concentration on the bike, 
you can fall asleep. And so I fell asleep on the bike at mile um, early, early on in the, in the marathon. I fell asleep on my bike and crashed. Oh, no. Um, and so I had bad contusions on, on my, my hip. It started to swell up instantly. And so in that moment, I'm on, I'm on 18. I've got 32 consecutive more Ironmans to do. And I've got a decision. Am I going to get up right now, get back on my bike, bike 80 more miles, run the marathon that night, stuff myself in the back of a Subaru, drive six hours and wake up and do it again in Mississippi in high heat advisory warnings. And so it's in those moments where you're like, how, how truly all in am I on what I've decided to do and how strong is my belief and conviction? And it really came down to what did I say I was going to do? Did I say I was going to do 18? Did I say I was going to do 30 miles into my 18th Ironman and then, and then pack it in? Or was I going to do 50 Ironmans, 50 days, 50 states and finish in Utah? You, you talk about beliefs and you talk about conviction. You talk about your, what your words and the weight of your words as it relates to your actions. What, tell us about that belief system. Tell us about, you know, where, where does it come from? Do you, in that moment, do you think about your children's faces and not letting them down? Do you, are, are you, are you, are you faithful? Do you believe in God? Is it not letting your wife down, your teammates? Is it, where, where is that belief structure and where is the foundation in it and how does it push you through? Yeah, I'm glad you listed off like five or six things. And and a belief comes from past experiences that make you stronger. So failures, other successes, things like that. And and people that don't make themselves uncomfortable in 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 past situations will never be able to climb the biggest mountain that's in front of them because they've got no past experiences. When people set a big goal, it's awesome to have a big goal, but they have to have the proper time frame associated with that goal and respect that journey that it takes to get to the big goal because i mean it just it just takes time and the reason people fail is because they don't respect the time and the effort that it takes to do something and and i like i said i love that you listed off a lot of things right there because everybody always asks or talks about a why what's your why <laughs> and and to have one why nuts is is not enough because if your goal, your journey, your destination is truly big enough, if it scares the hell out of you and you're getting ridiculed and made fun of because of what you're trying to accomplish, you need to have a bag of whys, like this 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 bucket that you have filled up. And for me, 99% of the time, my kids, my wife, my family, that's, that's big enough. But it got real enough on the 50. I pulled that out and I was like, nope. I'm good, <laughs> you know, and I had to pull out another one and another one. I've got all my five kids and I've got my wife and I've got all the haters online and I've got this. And then, you know, I've got, I've got 30 Y's stacked up and I'm like, man, I, I'm close, but that still ain't it. And then I pull out the last one. And it's like, because I said I would. Cool. And I'm like, yep. Okay, let's go. And then all of that together and my word, then we, then we get back on our bike and we keep going. I love it, mm. man. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times when people ask what, 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 why you do this and what, what drives you, we th- initially we throw that stuff out so they'll kind of have an idea of God and country. <laughs> how important that is to them, and that, that's kind of their relation to it. And as, it's funny, man, as you go through those trials and tribulations and you come through on the other side, if you learn to adapt and, and, and suck all the, the, the good and the bad in and take, take that with you, I mean, everybody would, wants to just remember the one part or the good part of the bad part, you need to remember both of them and learn the lessons from each. And then it gets to a point when you're talking about running 50, 50, 50 or climbing a mountain, 
when you stand in front of it, all the white noise is cut away, and your only existence is to get this done, right? I mean, that's I can't go anywhere else. I can't do anything else. I gotta. This is what I have to do, and I don't care if it's taking a shower or climbing a mountain. You're all in. It's and that that goes to the point to where the value should be in yourself. Everything that you have, because everything else can be taken away. Your clothes. I mean, if you show up and, every, and pe- you want people to think you're a badass because you got a, a cool ride and some clothes and stuff like that, well, what happens when all that gets taken away from you? Who's standing in front of you? Like when you wake up in the morning, man, you look who's standing naked in the mirror. I mean, that's kind of what you are. I love and then it. Everything else is, is added onto you as experience, right? I mean, you're the machine. You, you, you're the weapon. You, you, you strip away all of Conor McGregor's cars and clothes. That dude's still a badass. Yes, baby, he is. All right. There's, I want to touch on one more physiological component of you know the massive feat that you did. Obviously, sleep deprivation and the cognitive disassociation that and happens. Uh, you know, for for us, we we feel it really at that you know that 50, 55 hour mark. It really starts to where you can't associate. But you're on that consecutive seven weeks has got to be a phenomenon that I wish some scientists had actually studied you and got to do some spec scans on you. Can you describe that feeling to us uh, when you really started feeling in? You probably like, no, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> you know, you know, exha- exhaustion hit on day four. Um, wow. J- just because, so logistically, you got to start in Hawaii. And in order to make it from Hawaii to Alaska on time, you have to do the first Ironman starting at midnight. So you can't go to sleep. So you're up for 24 hours, and then you start your first Ironman. You get on a commercial airline. You land in Alaska at 6 in the water at 6.30. You do your second Ironman. You leave Alaska and fly to Washington. Mm-hmm. You touch down, and immediately you got to get in the water. So three Ironmans, three days, three states, a total of six and a half hours of sleep on a commercial airline in coach with five kids. That's the worst possible way to start. And so with, with 36 consecutive more Ironmans wow. to go – you're exhausted and already falling asleep on the bike. I, it's like how how do you how do you keep going? And, and and really, you have to you have to take you you know the big goal. The big goal is there. The objective is there. But you have to go so so focused and dialed in on the next sixty seconds and the next you know the next step. And I, I call it the power minute because really anybody can be perfect for sixty seconds, no matter what what what's going on around you and it just took practice to string multiple 60 seconds together and i talk a lot about um people always say what's the secret to success how do you how do you do what you do and it's because i do a lot of little things consistently over a long period of time and i call those the basics when things become the hardest they should be the easiest because you reverted back to the simplest of tasks and focusing so intently on the very present and the next step that it's just always that i mean i I went and climbed people go climb mount kilimanjaro all the time i thought it'd be fun to take my mountain bike up there this year um and climb kilimanjaro twenty thousand feet in africa on my mountain bike and (laughs) and when you know, the mountain air starts to get thin and the boulders are in front of you and and it's taking everything you have. You start celebrating three, four-foot gains where you have to rest. I mean, a 10-foot section was a massive victory that we would cover. And it, it, would just, it was just focusing no longer at the summit and the peak of the mountain, knowing that that was the goal. But I'm focusing on how do I turn my pedal one stroke so that I can do the next stroke so that I can go 10 feet and have a little celebration victory in that moment. 
I love that you bring it out. And huh. our last recording session, we just a show we had with Andy Stumpf, who's a former SEAL Dev Group operator who has two world records for longest distance traveled, free fall, highest altitude. And he talks about success in these inch by inch incremental improvements, right? And it relates to every aspect of his body, but he only really was able to validate that through his experience in the teams and combat and his other exploits that he's doing now. So as, as, as you have completed this this, again, and I'm, and I I don't want to, I hope the listeners, you're really paying attention and trying to stretch your imagination to understand the magnitude of James's effort, man. It's insane. How do you take that inch by inch now? Post life in your and and how do you share that concept in the way you 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 are? Yeah, for me, everybody always asks me what's next, um, and I, and I joke and I say, dude, I have played my man card. It's not shuffled back <laughs> into the deck. I will never do that again. I mean, it just took everything I had mentally and physically to do that, um, and and I just have no desire to find another level of physical and mental limits. And so, so really the, the, what's next for me is, is going out and, and like right now I'm booked between now and May, I'm booked in 20 countries to go speak. Um, and that's, that's what's next is I, you, you asked how I get, how I, how I share that is I tell my story or how I quantify it. I, I just share my journey and people go, okay, I get, I get that. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it, but I get it. And I can, I can take a piece of what you experienced and I can put that into my life. And I, I always laugh because when I, when I talk to, a, you know, the head of a corporation or something, they're always like, what's your, what's your core message? And what's your, <laughs> your top three reasons that's going to change the course of our corporation. And I'm like, dude, listen, every single member of your audience that's sitting there right now, let's say there's 500 of them, um, they're all on a different unique journey. And if I come in with a canned four-step bullshit, then I'm going to miss half the people because they're not ready for those four steps. But if I come and I share my journey with passion and with, uh, you know, from my heart and what we went through and what we experienced, and I take the audience on a journey, then I'm going to impact every single person there because they're going to be able to pull a different part of my story and relate it to what they're currently doing. And and so I I would rather impact the entire audience than just a section of them. And so that's that's really what's next for me and how I go out and 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 I'm I'm trying to make an impact as I go. And I just, because of the magnitude of what we accomplished – it, it's having a definite impact and people are getting a lot from it. And it's, I'm, I'm completely humbled every single day. And every time after I speak that the messages that come in of how, and all the different ways that we were able to impact an audience. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's super gratifying. And it just makes me want to continue this next chapter of what we're doing. I, I love that Absolutely. man. And you know, because it's so awesome. We talk a lot about this and, and you look at the three of us, right? And the, the three of us have basically, you know, we were, we were operators, we were in the special operations and, and, and then that ends and then there's next. And now, you know, Marcus is obviously what he's gone on to do, you know, with the book and with the movie and what he does speaking now and some of the other things he's in, involved in. 
and I do something similar to that, and the wizard is still working. Um, but you know, it, it's that next finding your purpose through purpose, and allowing that one passion to evolve into something greater. And one of the things that really stuck with me and watching a lot of the stuff that was available on you out was this concept of saving one person. The concept, if you can elicit change in one human being to do something to improve on their physical health, their mental health, their emotional health, why is that so pivotal for you, James? Yeah, because I mean, I just see the, the, the massive ripple effect. I mean, even with my kids, my my main goal and objective is to make sure that they learn these hard lessons and become contributing members of society because who knows what those five are going to do and the impact that they're going to have and now i have an opportunity to do that on every stage that i stand on and and it's just like I, one of the first things i get up and i say is i say i'm not a motivational speaker that's not what i'm here to do because i hate I hate motivational speakers. I think they suck. And and because what it does is a motivational speaker will motivate you and it's a fleeting thought and then it goes away and you don't know what to do. I want to be an empowering speaker, meaning I've empowered you to take action. I've inspired you to the point where you're empowered to actually do something about it and make that change. And so I'm an I'm an empowerment speaker, not a motivational speaker. You hear that, what Tony a, Robbins? Do you hear that? What did Gaga <laughs> say? Motivation is crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've, we've got, I don't know if you know David Goggins. God, he's he's a big ultra-athlete runner. He's a, a buddy of ours. He came on and he, he calls it flat out. He's like, motivation is crap. You know? <laughs> I own mine oh, too. Totally. I'm not a motivational totally speaker is. by trade. I, what you're getting from me is perspective. Uh, I dig it. That's it. I dig it. And that's a hell of a perspective, by the way. Yeah. No, what you were talking <laughs> well, about. And, and, and I imagine, I imagine you're 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 the similar to me. Is you you probably get up on stage and, dude, you throw down like it's real, and the things that you've you've gone through, and then you allow that to resonate with the audience. And you're not trying to motivate them. You're trying to you're trying to you're trying to tell them something personal to you that has impact that'll instill a change in them. Uh, you know, it's probably you're the same. You probably get a lot of emails where people are like. I did this because of your experience. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I just can't, man. I, I'm still. It's unbelievable to me that people want to listen to what I have to say. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm, man. Uh, what what you've done? I've listened to this whole whole time to you talk, man. Just kind of going through my head of each one, what all that means, man. Just to kind of gobble that down. I still haven't got there yet, man. It's it's going to take some time. I mean, it really is, James. What you what yeah, you've what, embarked on? I'm sorry. And and the great part about when you get up there and you speak, like I don't have any PowerPoint presentations or anything up there, man. You're you're getting it. I I tell you, I say, hey, look, man, I'm gonna start from the beginning and tell you how I got right up here on this stage. And when I go through those lessons, you're right, man. You're not dealing with an emotion. Like motivational speakers, they tell you what motivates them, right? And it's they get that emotion up there. When I'm on there, you're dealing with some with different people. Like I'll crawl through my head all the way up to him up on that stage, man. And I, I, that's, that's exactly from what I'm gathering is what you do, man. If you can see the emotion and the best part is they're looking at you going, man, you know, we're all human. If that guy can do it. Uh, you know, I can. And when I, I go out there, man, I'm just trying to tell people that the difference between me and you is a half a degree. That's it. Cause I was the weakest. I wasn't the smartest and the fastest. I just, man, I, I love life and just I didn't quit. Yeah. I just kind of 
turn my head in the direction that I wanted to go and just put one front in front of the other, man. And, 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 you know, if you can break it down like that, like you can, like if you can go through those steps and, and, and relate to people like, man, I know you're looking at me now and I did 50, 50, 50, but God dog, why well, I had a problem with a push up back in the day because you're, <laughs> you're talking to everybody in the audience. They're all in the different stages of their life. Just like you said, some are more advanced and will understand the heavier stuff that you throw out. And then there's people that don't get that, that heavy part, but they can relate to the earlier portion of it, man. And it's, it's, if you can trap them and, and kind of in your life in that funnel, then, and they can take stuff away from that. Absolutely, man. You're doing a, a great well, it's, job. It's, it's interesting. People, people look at the 50 and that's the only thing they know me for. And they're like, well, you're, you're superhuman and it was a Herculean feat. And they don't realize that a decade ago, I struggled to finish a four mile fun run with my wife. Wow. Um, and, and I, hmm. when, when I finished the 50, I did, I had scientists and universities and genetic testing and all of that. They wanted to test what made me different, what made me special. And I was like, hell yeah, test me. Tell me why I'm, why I'm super. When I got the results back, they were like, dude, you're, you're white Canadian, and, uh, <laughs> and, and they're like, you're totally, they're totally, no, you're totally normal. There's nothing in any of these results that separates you from the the average guy next door. And and it was, it's a great message for my audience because it makes them realize that you can't measure and test what's in your mind and in Amen. your heart, and you just can't Amen. test the never ever quit attitude and the resiliency and the the grit, the grind and and tough tough love and, and hard work and labor. And you just can't test any of that. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, he was born to do basketball. Uh, that, that Biles chick was born to do, to do gymnastics. Michael Phelps was born to swim. They happened to find their sports. Dude, I wasn't born to do triathlon. I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst fits, like especially endurance racing for me. I mean, that's, I'm not built to do that. <laughs> um, I just, I just love it and I'm stupid and I just I, I I never quit, and I've been able to build an entire brand, and my life has completely changed b- because of it. And so I hope that's that's what people get from this is is you don't have to be genetically different. You just have to never give up and keep pushing and taking things to the next level. I talk about too about never you want to you want to compare yourself to others initially to get yourself a bump and a kickstart but then you want to set your own bar and expectations and and really go above that because as soon as you start comparing yourself to the standard of you know what's normal then that's what you're going to achieve you need to go beyond what people say is the standard of normal or the 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 standard of excellence because that's when you truly find your mental and physical limits when i came out of the gate there's a race called the epic 5 they put the word epic in front of it because it's five consecutive Ironmans in five days on five Hawaiian islands. Well, that would have been cool to go double that and do 10. That would have been epic times two, right? (laughs) No, that's not what I was capable of. I truly thought I was capable of 50. And so when you set your own bar and your own expectations and then apply the never quit attitude to it, that's when you truly find what you're mentally, physically, and spiritually capable of. Absolutely. I mean, people are born special, and if you're not born special, then you can be trained, right? Yep. Dude, James, man, I'm sure as our listeners are traveling and on this road with us on this this show, your words are going to resonate with them. And I think the the greatest thing that that they can understand is that there is a feat in all of us. It's just what you're going to set your mind to and what you're going to accomplish. I'm 
I'm just so thankful and honored that you, you chose to, to pick our show, to come on, to help spread your message, brother. I think you're, you're, the profound nature at which you approach life is, is really powerful. It's going to benefit a lot of human beings that are following us. And, and hopefully, you know, they're going to start following you too. So where, where can our fans, our listeners follow you and become a part of your journey and keep learning from you, brother? Yeah, thanks. I, I'm 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 active on social media. My biggest platforms are Facebook and and Instagram. Um, on Instagram, it's Iron Cowboy James, and on Facebook, it's Iron Cowboy. And uh, if I can do a shameless plug, my my new book has come out. It's called Redefine Impossible. Um, and for your for your listeners, and if you're intrigued by kind of what we talked about today, the book really does break down the 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 things that we learned and the struggles that we went through and we bring in a lot of stories of a lot of the people that we met along the way um and i've set up a discount code never quit um to get a discount on the book if you just go to ironcowboy.com use the discount code never quit and uh you can pick it up and hopefully it'll impact you and uh, put you on a, on a different or better path than you're currently on brother i'm buying will, it today yeah. man absolutely James, we'll spread the word. Thank you so much, brother. God bless you on your journey. And if something awesome happens again in your life or you just feel like coming back on, let us know because I know you have just so much more to share and to give for our listeners. So, man, thank you and God bless you, bro. Awesome, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. brother dude when he was talking about you know hawaii alaska washington i got nauseous dude i'm not gonna lie my knees started to hurt my lower we've, back. we've done that travel but i didn't get off in guam and have to go do <laughs> I, it on iron man i was just thinking about that travel too. i mean dude, just think about the <laughs> nutritional intake bro Ugh. i mean in hell week what we were we were eating nine to twelve thousand cal burning yeah, nine yeah, to twelve thousand right, yeah, a yeah, day yeah. Yeah. Four meals a day, massive quantities of food. Remember the instructors forcing you to shove food down your like ass? Spaghetti with waffles oh, on top of the syrup. Just it's just like one big... <laughs> and you're just like uh, falling asleep uh, in it? Bro, dude, that's seven straight weeks, Marcus. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because I, I love the fact he brought up that he fell asleep on the bike. You can fall asleep in motion. Dude. Remember? Guys falling asleep running, doing the chow runs, doing the IBS torture. Nuts. And I think the cool thing about listening to him the whole time, man, is everything he was talking about. I mean, we were we can relate to that. Oh, totally. Right. And everyone always asks us, like, man, you know, what's SEAL training like? And and I, man, I know the pain that go is involved with our kind of and our training and just shift it to a degree a degree, take away the weapons and the sand and the boats and all that stuff, and then put a bicycle and or whatever. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's that slight kind of change. But the pain is pain. Pain is pain. And that pain is world-class Mount Everest pain right there. Wouldn't you agree? Remember the degree? I mean, the degree of different of the torture that we're incorporating on ourselves. I mean, you get focused in on, I mean, when we're in the sand doing sugar cookies and then the beach, you look a mile down the, at the Hotel Dell, there's a little seven-year-old kid doing the same thing. Totally. But, the influence. But he's having a great time. Right. We're rolling in the sand and having to get in the water and we're <laughs> miserable. And I'm a grown-ass man. I didn't even think about it. Morgan sent me a picture, a newspaper Clipping. I kept it in my locker at Buds. It was that little kid jumping into the surf at the Hotel Dell. He's like, look how much fun this kid's having. Always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's what I had. That was my motivation thing. Right? Every time oh, I opened my locker at the end of the day, I was like, he can do it. I can. <laughs> I never knew what he was. You know, he, he looked like he was having someone hit the goggles. He looked too big for his face. And he was just jumping totally. into, the, into the surf like that. Perfect caption, right? And he's like, if he can take this, you can. It's, well, like, bro, it's all I, perspective. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it is, right? And uh, look, I mean, what I loved about it, here he sets his mind on this incredible task. He does it, completes it. Nobody believed he could. Now, all of a sudden, it set him on this entirely new trajectory to live a life as this teacher, right? As this person of empowerment, he calls it, right? I'm an empowerment speaker. Look at us, dude. This is the remark. We're freaking podcasters, bro, <laughs> right? And look at the stuff that the emails we get that come in into us, right? Look at the yeah, reader amazing. stories that come in. How uh, well, Wizard was just sharing me. He read one the other day, Marcus, where some guy was on the brink of committing suicide, found our show, and now it's keeping it's stringing his weeks together right now. I think it's a testament if if uh, there's an old saying when the when the teacher's ready, the student will appear, right? Amen. And if you're kind of living your life and and all those experiences that you that you gain underneath your belt, if you will, you got to have them. Yeah, and as you go through life, you get to that point to where you become the teacher. Well. The kids underneath you, man, they're going to have to go through the good and bad times. If you only teach them about the good ones or tell them the one side of it and then they get they hit it while they're out there, then you're not really a good teacher. And I mean, 40 years, 40 years of experience. Right. Before I would even kind of open my mouth to tell (laughs) him, like, hey, look, this is kind of I'm just trying to give you a little piece of advice here. You can take or you don't have to. Right. And it's it's one of those deals where when people can look at you while you're talking and then know that you've been through it. And, and, and that the perspective is real, it's, it's kind of enlightening, right? It's, it's different than beautiful. reading it from a, from a book and coming up with it because you can't get the good and the bad. You just kind of get that perspective. Oh, bro, I, I get up in front of my crowds and I say, listen, here's the deal. I'm not selling you six-minute abs. I'm not going to freaking teach you how to make a million dollars in 30 days. What I'm going to tell you is life sucks. You're going to get kicked in the teeth. You can't buy ready for the pain and the hurt and the and, the, and then just the, the constant letdown of other human beings. Get ready for the misery, but you're going to love it if you got the right mindset, if you got the right people around you, if you got the right team life. And that's what I share with people, man. And he's doing it. You're doing it. I mean, we're doing it together on this show. And I think that's the powerful lesson that we are hearing come up over and over again. You know, one other thing that that he had uh, brought up that I thought was really interesting is when he said that you need to have a a bucket of whys, (laughs) a bucket of whys to keep moving forward in that never quit moment. I really like that, uh, that concept. You know what I see? I see that beat up old painter's bucket, right? That's on the thrown off to the side of a construction <laughs> site that's got all the, the, the mixture of right. cement and all that stuff in it. And, and he reaches in, he pulls one out and reaches in. And sometimes, how often in your lives, question for you two, how often have you reached in, pulled out a Y that you relied on for long periods of time? Like, and like he said, it, it just, there's no weight, there's no gravity to it. There's, you know, and it just fades away. All of a sudden you reach for it and bam, it's gone. It doesn't have the combustion anymore. Or you realize that, yeah, you realize its value is not as strong as you had hoped to match the inspiration to pick yourself back uh, up uh, in that moment. Dis- it matched discipline. 
Because here's what happens, right? Everyone says, oh, man, you guys have a lot of patience. You can lay in the same spot for nine days in your own whatever. And yeah. I'm like, man, my patience wore it out wore out when we got here on the insert this is discipline <laughs> the rest of it is just pure discipline so when everything wears down man and your body's giving up on you that discipline will kick in yeah and then that's and then those hard times that builds that up um and then man if it all falls apart and there's nothing left the bucket's gone just be brave <laughs> you know, I mean, just, it's I just miss, that simple be brave. be brave stand up there and make a weird oh, face and it. scream at the top of your lungs you know whatever that's <laughs> all i got <laughs> be brave all right well we're gonna end on that note listen I, thank you so much for coming to the team never quit podcast with me marcus and the wizard listen this is truly our passion in life this is what i believe as god has tapped us on the shoulder to do is to to bring people like James Lawrence on, the Iron Cowboy, to share his story with you in the hopes that you will hear something, some nugget, some piece of that story, his narrative, his life, that will empower you to get up and start your 50-50-50. That will empower you to start you down the path of your military service or the, your dream job or to walk away from the misery and monotony of your own life and get into something that empowers your purpose. That's why we're here and we're, we're I, I'm telling you, it just blows me away. Every time the wizard shares the numbers with me, I'm floored because that means something good is coming. You are paying attention. So thank you so much. And please continue to share this podcast with your friends. If you know somebody that's down and out, if you know somebody that's struggling, if you know somebody that just is hasn't quite tapped into their never quit mindset, please call them, text them, email them, instant message them on social media and share a link to your favorite show with them. And also, listen, if you yourself have an incredible never quit story, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com and write in and share with us. We want to hear it. We want to get that story on. We want to see what we want to read it. If it's and if it's amazing, we will read it on the air. And if Mark, if it's if it's off the charts, what's going to happen? Bring it on. You're going to come on with us, and we're going to have you on to tell your greatest never quit story on our show. So thank you so much for being here. I just want to really thank. God for giving me the opportunity. I want to thank my two children, uh, the bear and the bruiser. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends. I want to thank James for coming on and sharing, share his story. I want to thank all the people that support us, you listeners. And I just want to, I just, I'm so grateful for being here and being with you guys and doing this show. So thank you, Marcus. I, I was out working this morning and, and when, when it was time to come in and thinking about what we had talked about a while ago, I, was like, I can't believe we get to do this. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe this. We get to do this, Dude, man. Podcast. I know. I know right? That's cracking me up. And I was thinking about Jay's coming on. I'm like, man, I'm going to talk to this guy today, man. It'd be fun. <laughs> right. I mean, Tell normally when we had to go to work, you know, there's going to be some pain involved. <laughs> I'm pretty happy at this point in my life. Right? Where I, <laughs> Sit there, drink iced tea. Yeah, I, I got right here. I'm fired up about being Amazing over people. 40, man. I'm having a good time. And 
I, I just get the biggest grin on my face thinking about it. Awesome. What we get to do. Amen. People keep bringing us back. I, we'll never be able to thank you enough, really. Amen. And James, man, I, I'm still trying to figure out. I'm pushing all that through my head, right? Just the little stuff, too. The bathroom. And, you know, all the miserable man. parts that no one don't, that you don't think about. Yeah, when you, when you really have the first-hand knowledge yeah, of, man, of what that sort of thing is that you go through, trying to then project your experience into that, mm. I think makes it even harder exactly. to really understand. I'm doing the same thing. Right. Can I can I interject something right now? I I know I have to. You're not gonna sing, are you? No. I, I just wanna once again say how proud I am that frogmen invented triathlons. <laughs> yeah. How about right. that? Look it up. We confirmed it. Yeah, people the always the fact. And, and they talk about CrossFit. And remember, we had that when they put the CrossFit gym in back in the day. We're like, Cross, CrossFit, what is that? Just get in there and do it. We're on there climbing those ropes and do it. The, the, the one handed kettlebell stuff. We're like, what is this thing? Hey, oh, it's fun. It's good. Not fun. Not having fun here. We digress. Right. Who are you thinking? This was fun for? until we started. Yeah. Got in shape real fast, but that was. What were you talking about? You're thankful. Who are you thankful to? What are you thankful for? Man, Melly's been out of town for a couple weeks. Can't wait till she gets back. I sure miss her. Uh, I'm thankful for the fact she's coming back today. Amen. And uh, for the good Lord for giving us this and everything we have, man, and and for you guys, seriously, bringing us back and letting us do this. Thank you. I'm out. Out.